welcome to Downsizing Your Home and Life radio show, where it's all about finding ways to a clear path to stress-free downsizing in order for you to live your best life. Each week, we will discuss where to begin, how to select where to live, the best methods to sort and monetize your stuff, as well as the proper steps to valuing and listing your home in order for you to fast forward and start living your new life. Now, here is your host, Ann Nori, the downsizing coach, an experienced, award-winning realtor, auctioneer, and personal property appraiser, bringing you much-needed information to help you navigate the steps of becoming financially whole as you successfully downsize your home and life. Welcome to our show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We have a wonderful show here today uh, for you. And our wonderful guest, Joy Laverty, has joined us for a informative segment about who will take care of me when I'm old. Um, Joy has a reputation for being a path carver and visionary. She is a keynote speaker and best-selling author of The Complete Elder Care Planner and Who Will Take Care of Me When I Am Old. Please help join me. Uh, Welcome, Joy, into our program. Welcome, Joy. Thank you so much for having me, Anne. What a pleasure to have you here. This is such a compelling and interesting topic, not only for our listeners, but of course, I think... um, in a time with post-COVID, during COVID, and all of the transitions that are taking place within our world, and so many individuals as they transition, downsize, take care of loved ones, family members, this is a very, very important topic. How did you get into this, Joy? Well, I, I got into it a very long time ago. I was a high school student visiting uh nursing home residents because I was a volunteer at my all girls high school and I was 14 and I looked around the room and I said how come nobody else is here visiting the people who live here and I thought that because there was such a lack of interaction that my first book the complete elder care planner would get people to start talking to each other within the family You know, I come from a big Italian family where everybody talks and everybody's business is everybody's, right? Right. It's not that way for many families. And so my goal very early on was to get people to start talking about the future and creating a quality of life. It it is such an important, important subject. Thank you for broaching this and tackling this and putting it down on paper and within a book. So kick us off with um, what you believe, what you think is important within within the world of, of making a transition. Transitions are manageable. People don't realize that. They don't come out of nowhere. We've been in transition all our lives. And we are conditioned to anticipate certain events, like when we're going to high school, when we're going to college, what we're going to do for a living, like having a baby. And all these things are, are expected. 
And then it just seems like it stops. <laughs> that people don't keep talking about the transitions that are related to growing older. Now, what's really important about all this is the fact that we are all growing older together. That's what's really important. That's what's new in this, in this century. And I think that's what I hear most from families, individuals, right, is it, you hit it right on, you know, you hit the nail on the head with sharing that not having a specific guideline as to the timeline, right? Not having a specific timeline for a transition in life or making those decisions really creates anxiety for some individuals, uncertainty, right? They don't know when the right time might be for them to pull the trigger and to make those difficult lifetime decisions, right, of transitioning. Um, and, and it's a very important subject. And one can easily take control of this transition period by pre-planning, by taking some initial steps, right, of um, preparing for the next chapter. Can you talk us through that? One of the things I hear a lot, Anne, is it's too overwhelming, so I just don't want to do anything. And, they, and, and I understand that because it is overwhelming when you look at the big picture. So one of the things I hear all the time is, where in the world do I start? So I'd like to offer some guidance that will help people get off the fence. Please, please share. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the, so there are three things that you could do right now that will make all the difference in the world. The first one is create a financial life with going to a financial planner or, or making sure that your money house in, is in order. Right. That's it. Number one, look at your money. You're going to live a long life, hopefully. Number two, where are you going to live? Now that's a big one too, but it's but it is housing with services. So number one, money. Number two, housing. And wrapping it up with number three is getting your paperwork in order. Okay, it's very simple. Legal documents that define what it is that you have decided you want to have happen as we go through all the stages in life. So don't you think that money, housing, and legal documents, doesn't that, it, it feels good to know, oh, okay, I can, I can do number one. Number one, just do number one, and you've taken care of a lot of problems. Right. The money aspect, once we, we tackle and feel comfortable with that first aspect, it really opens the doorways to making the transition and considering the different options that are available to individuals. As a real estate planner myself, I work with clients, right, that are trying to figure out how to deal with your step number two, right, from the money aspect, how to monetize their real estate, whether they're going to stay in it, they're going to sell it, to fund it, and deciding whether they're going to transition in place or they're going to transition in a in a uh, senior community or in an assisted living or and and consider their options and what the financial um, portfolio, like what the financial circumstances would look like for them and what their options are. You know, and one of the things I, I tell people who have a house is to seek the advice of people like you, even if they don't intend to sell the real estate right now. This, 
this is very valuable information that we can gather because it helps add to the portfolio. A lot of times people think that their property is worth way more or way less. And, and unless they talk to somebody who knows, they, they're working in the dark. So I'm always telling people to be proactive, to speak with people, the brokers and the and the people who will downsize. I love what you do because there's so much money in the collections that people, a lot of, lot of us have collections, right? And they're quite valuable. Well, wouldn't they like to know there's a pile of gold in some of these collections and they, they could get that information from someone in, in your position? Thank you so much. And it's so true, right? So the first step you shared was to speak to a financial advisor, right? To put their finances in order. And yet that financial advisor is going to require some information from you. What is the value? How much cash do you have in your accounts? How much stocks do you have? What does your retirement account look like? Then they're going to ask you secondary questions. What is the accurate value of your real estate in today's market? We're in a transitioning market, right? So you want to have up-to-date information that you're welling, working with and not what I refer to a pie in the sky type of number because those realistic um, numbers are going to guide you in your decision-making process, right? Um, at, along with the fact that if you have personal assets, if you were to sell everything in your home and you go from a 4,500 square foot home down to a 1,200 square foot condo or facility, what is that going to look like for you where you can turn those additional assets to additional revenue to help support the next stage in your life? You know, I'd really like to open up this, this conversation wide open. And here it goes, because nobody ever thinks about this. So you mentioned seeking the advice of professionals. So not only a financial planner, but also an estate, estate planning attorney and people such as yourself, the real estate broker who knows so much right. about the value of the home plus the value of the items in the home. But there's one thing that nobody else thinks about. So let's say you're the person who's really gung-ho on planning and you do all these things and everything is fine and you have all your ducks in the order. But what about the people who are around you? have they planned here's the problem most of the time they're not necessarily good at planning so we may be in great shape in all ways but then somebody out of the blue lands on our doorstep and they and the first thing they tell you is and i have no money i have nothing and will you please take care of me now what we have to do, if we are so good at planning ourselves and seeking advice, we need to bring other people into the conversation and say, I am um, planning for my well-being as I age. How about you? And if you don't have a plan, I'm willing to set up a meeting with my advisors and you so that we can make sure that you are not going to look to me as the bank. We need, to, we need to open up the conversation about money and lift the taboo because it doesn't do us any good if we're in good shape and we get somebody on our doorstep and they have no money. Then how many times, Anne, have you heard about women who are going broke, taking care of parents, 
who who are not doing well financially. It's just if they had time to talk to each other and make a plan, and there are plenty of plans and plenty of resources, they would not be in that position. That's an excellent, excellent point that you're bringing up, Joy, and thank you for broaching that part of the conversation. It's really taking financial responsibility, accountability, having those difficult conversations to not only prepare for your journey, but also to guide others along their journey and exposing them to the professionals that that have helped ourselves or others, you know, in making those decisions. Um, I see that you have put together two books, right? The Complete Elder Care Planner, as well as Who Will Take Care of Me When I'm Old. Which one do you want to kick off first and talk about? Well, let's do the one that pertains to all of us, and that is the Complete Elder Care Planner. And most people don't think it pertains to them because once their parents are gone and once their grandparents are gone, and they think their caregiving days are over. But it is nothing less than that. It is the caregiving never ends. So who else do we care about? Spouses, siblings, and our friends. Not to mention our fabulous furry family members, dogs and cats. The, The caregiving is an amazing phenomenon because of the longevity revolution. The fact that we are all getting old and very old together, which means we're going to be taking care of each other, especially with this caregiver shortage. So let's dive into the complete elder care planner. Yeah, so when and how should one start um, to use the plan planner and to plan, to start the planning process, right? Yeah, because again, that's another one. People say, I don't even know where to begin. So I'll just deal with whatever comes up, whatever it is. Yes. So what I mentioned before is the same that applies to caregiving. Look, look at money first, housing second, and the legal documents third. And that will just calm the waters. You do all three of those and you're good to go. And what is the significance of the longevity revolution that you pointed out? Well, the fact that it's not a stretch to live to 90 anymore and the caregivers are, you know, when I first started in this business and all the caregivers were in their 40s and their parents were ancient, they were in their 60s. But what happened is we all got old together and now we're in our 70s and our 60s and our parents are in their 80s and 90s. It's, you know, we hear all day long parents and grandparents who are 100 and over. So the longevity revolution very clearly is the caregiving never ends. The caregiving never ends. It's a blessed, it's a blessed situation to be in, but it's a challenge. It could be a challenging one, but there, there are emotions, right? That we all go through, whether it's the emotional, the financial, um, and the, time, right? Providing the time, the assistance, uh, emotionally, financially, and really putting all of those ducks of what I call the pyramid in order. Right. That's why money comes first. Because if you have enough money, you can delegate a lot of the responsibilities that get in the way of having a a relationship with the people that, that we are caring about. So if we're doing certain things for them that we're not really good at, kind of gets in the way of being in a relationship with the people that we love so much. So that's why I put money first. Maybe we can delegate some of that 
you know, it's right, easier. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. So talk to me about how do we find the care? Where do we go to, to deal with this care shortage resources oh. for finding the right individuals to help us, right? Deal with taking care of and assisting loved ones. Yeah. We have a caregiver shortage. It didn't start with COVID. It started back in the, it started at least 10 years ago where people were leaving their jobs to go work for Amazon and Walmart and places where they could get health insurance. So this is not new. Then you add to the fact that we have 77 million boomers coming up the pike and there just aren't enough people who want these kinds of jobs. So if you're lucky enough to, to, call an agency, a reputable agency and find people uh, that that's, that's really lucky. Because if you call them these days, a lot of them can't find caregivers either. So we can't bank on that. What we have to do is look for different resources. Some, some of those might be senior centers where there might be some volunteers, our churches and our temples, um, religious organizations, schools. We, we've got to think creatively. My, both of my books talk extensively about how to find care in these caregiver shortages. Another thing that's important is where you live matters as it relates to where you're going to find care. Now, who are your neighbors? Um, will they, do you know them? Do you know your parents' neighbors? Can you rely on each other? Can you help each other out? There Absolutely. is a, and, and yeah, community, I was going to point out really reaching out to individuals within the community. I know each town and sent, you know, town community has their own senior uh, organization. They have lists that you can contact to websites and different organizations that are affiliates, right? That support the, the community uh, with their services and options. And that is an excellent resource to consider within the town and where you live, as well as your local religious organization, as you pointed out, and really having conversations with friends on social media, ask, I mean, if you're on Facebook, if you're on social media, place a post, who do you know that I should know? I think that's one of the best questions that we can ask is to ask for a referral, because having a referral to someone is very different than picking up the phone and making a cold call, but we certainly can do that. I had an email uh, over the weekend from, you know, a family member that was from out of state. They're trying to help uh, an aunt who doesn't have children in 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 uh, in our community, and uh, you know, sometimes we do have to reach out and find resources outside of our immediate circle. And uh, there, there are many, many options for you, but it's important that you take a look and consider all of them. And, and do it before you need the help. And do it before you need the help. That is really the purpose of the, why I have our radio show and why I try to keep our listeners uh, engaged and, and prepared, provide them the information that they need. Um, there are different individuals at different stages of their downsizing journey. But I want all of our listeners from our conversations to take away, it's important to take action. It's wonderful to gather information, but if you were to take action 
every day, a little bit at a time. When you talk about putting together those financial documents, when you talk about gathering those legal documents, when you talk about gathering resource lists of individuals, understanding perhaps what the value of your home is, do you, are there any expenses that you need to undertake for preparing your home to list? So you need to be aware of those potential expenses that you have to undertake. What if something was to happen in a hurry, or if there was a change in your medical condition, or you just had to move and you choose, and there was a change in your job, or a change in your partner's circumstances, right? We all are faced with life-altering circumstances that compel us to make difficult decisions. Our purpose here is to have you prepared and encourage you to take action today and be one step closer to achieving those goals. I think I think that what I've heard from caregivers is that they just didn't know it was possible to plan. They didn't they don't know they they said until they had met me or come to one of my talks or read my book they didn't know there was a how to. You Absolutely. know? That made all the difference in the world. And what, what you're saying is so important, Anne, and it doesn't have to happen overnight. It's not stressful when you do one thing, like make a goal. I'm going to do one thing in, in one month, one thing. I'm going to look at one thing that I can complete in a month or two. Absolutely. And, oh, and you're just ahead of the game by that much. Absolutely. I encourage you to pick up her book, to do your research yeah. online on other resources that we have available and others have available for you and take out a calendar or write, take out a piece of paper, January, February, March, April, put out all 12 months. Next to each one, put out one component that you're going to be tackling. If you have a six month timeline, right? Yeah. Add multiple steps to that one month, but whatever it is we want, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? How do you tackle this by taking one measurable step at a time? They're all doable. It doesn't have to be stressful. Um, it's going to be a rewarding feeling. And this is the most important, the most important takeaway I want for our listeners to have is when individuals are done with the process, the number one phone call that I receive is, why didn't I do this earlier? I wish I had done, taken the steps earlier because it's, emotional freedom. It's so liberating to know that you've addressed the elephant in the room to take care of the things that you've been putting off and to have moved closer and to be where you want to be and to have addressed the things that um, felt, you know, so as a burden on your shoulder at one time. Yeah. Oh, I love what you're saying. It's so true. Um, one of the things that I like to remind myself is there is no planning in a crisis right so i don't i like i like the positive aspect of planning but there is no there are no choices when you're in a crisis then you're left with what you get and so if you're a listener who loves to be in control of their life of the quality of their life of of everything you will like planning it's fun it is fun. And you know what? You've earned the right. Yeah. 
earned the right. This is something so important. You've earned the right to mm-hmm. live life, your future with how you want to see it fold out. Instead on your terms. Of, on your terms, instead of living a life where it's reactory to the mm-hmm. circumstances that are happening, sometimes in your control, sometimes out of your control. But I want you to have those options and be prepared. Make the decisions that are important to you. Have it written in a document. Have an attorney prepare the necessary documents. Have the measurable steps in place if something was to happen that you are prepared and put together a timeline for you, right? We're in a changing market. If you're, you know, if, if, if by selling your real estate, if that's going to create financial freedom for you, I encourage you, let's get moving. Let's get moving, do the things that you need to do to create that financial freedom. If you need to sell assets, real estate, do that. If you need to have a plan in place, take those actions today because we don't know what tomorrow holds, but you do have control of today and you can control your tomorrow by taking those measurable, small incremental steps as necessary. What's been your, I I know this is an interview, but I, I can't. I wait to ask you, what has been your experience with why people say they don't want to plan? It's the fear, right? Fear of, fear of what? Fear of having to address all of the questions that they've kind of brushed to the side and they don't want to tackle, mm-hmm. right? So not knowing where to begin is fearful to some individuals. Not knowing where they're headed is fearful to some individuals. Not having the defined plan is stressful, right? Not knowing what their finances look like could Mm. be stressful to individuals. But as we take each individual element and break it down and have someone to hold your hand and to come up and answer those, it's no longer scary. Mm -hmm. It's no longer um, as overwhelming as they thought. But when you put all those pyramid elements together, it can become overwhelming for individuals. So having a resource and a book like yours helps you identify, you ask for being provided the questions to ask. It's easy when you just have to fill in the blank, right? And and you have a checklist, you have uh, resources, you know how to create this. We have a downsizing course um, that we're putting together and, and helping individuals to be able to figure out what are the measurable and actionable steps for them to tackle this whole process, right? For their financial freedom to walk closer to their new life. It's all doable. And there are resources available to make this. We don't want this to be painful. And we want you to have control of your life and to live a life by design. You know, I love what you said, because you you also going to add one more thing to that. And that is having somebody like you on the end of a telephone call. Yes. So let's say we have all our lists, and we're still scared, right? They can pick up the phone, they can send you an email and say, Can I talk to you? Absolutely. You are probably like me, where people say, Can I just talk to you? I, I'm still scared. I got all the lists. I got the books. I got the TV shows. I got everything. I'm still scared. And that at that point, they contact people like me and people like you. And they have a, this is what I mean by talking to someone. This is what's missing 
is people are left with too much information and there's and they're still scared and we get that and we encourage people to just talk to other people there's a section in my book and the who will take care of me when i'm old called critical thinking Mm -hmm. and i didn't know anything about critical thinking when i when i wrote the book but i had been learning a lot about it and critical thinking is what is what is really advantageous for us as we begin to think about a future that is unknown the process of critical thinking is first of all talking to someone talking (laughs) to someone who is unlike us who knows different things than us who is younger who is older and who is of a different culture and of a different profession. Mm -hmm. Now, put all that together, talk to people and watch what happens to your stress level. Pretty much just subsides. The fear level goes way down. Mm -hmm. There's magic in having resources like you who just calm the waters. We, we, one of my purposes of being on so many podcasts and is to let them know that there are human beings in this world who are, who are doing this day in and day out and can just calm the waters and hold your hand. Absolutely. Because the joy of what is waiting for you on the other side Mm. of your planning process of being moving, whether it's to a new city, to a new home, to a new destination, being closer to loved ones, closer to friends, or living in a city that you've always dreamed of. It could be outside the country. All of it's waiting for you, but it's not going to magically appear until you take the first step. Another uh, important element, Joy, you, it was wonderful what you shared about having those dialogues with different individuals. Mm-hmm. But a great part of this is I would encourage you pick up a, a blank book or a journal or a spiral notebook. It could be anything. I encourage you to what I call a brain dump. Do a brain dump. Write down your fears. Write down your goals write down what you want to see happen. And over a few days over your coffee, right? I want Mm. you to have a date with yourself and to write everything down. And then to go back and reread it over the next few days and cross out things that you want, that you don't, even though you did a brain dump, it's out. But, you know, circle the things that you want to see happen, highlight or rewrite and fine tune and create a new pyramid of the things that you want to see happen, right? Um, We have clients that talk about wanting to move to Arizona. And then I'm like, okay, before you move to Arizona, go out for a weekend trip, take a drive, go to the local deli, grocery store. Is it where you want to be? Is it the type of experience that you want to have? Not to hang out in the, you know, touristy areas, right? Go stay in a community where you might consider living. Go act like you're living there and experience it firsthand. Is it something that you like? Go in the worst months of the year, not in the best months of the year 
you know, and, and, uh, and, and have remorse later on, right? Experience what you want, but create that checklist and see what is it that is important to you, whether it's activities, whether it's a certain destination, whether it's being surrounded by certain individuals, whether it's a type of home, a destination, whatever it is, boop, brain dump, do a brain dump, put it down on paper. And as Joy mentioned, have the conversations with different individuals and then come back and reread those notes, reread your list. And you guess what? You get to rearrange and reevaluate what you really want. And that's part of the process. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, the underlying theme of this is planning does take time. Yes. It, it doesn't happen overnight. Creating a, a quality of life as we age means the earlier you start, the more time you have to yeah. fix decisions you made and you don't really, you weren't happy with them. Mm-hmm. And so time is an important factor in planning. That's why we can never do it early enough. Absolutely. So we can fix, fix what we don't like. I owe a phone call to a client today and it reminds me of her journey. Her husband passed away. She decided to sell her home and then move closer to where her children wanted to move up north. And uh, then she decided, no, perhaps she wanted to move to Florida. Then she reevaluated that decision. And now she's decided she wants to be in a specific community and live a particular lifestyle and have the freedom to be able to lock up her condo, go visit the different children on different sides of the coast and um, live a life. But guess what? There were multiple, what I call the ping pong process, right? She considered options that are all over the place. And yeah. she, and that is the freedom. That is, that is what's available to you. And that is part of the journey. Make it fun. Don't make it stressful. Um, and consider your options in order to live the life that best serves you and that provides you the happiness that you are so entitled to. Oh, I love that. I love that. You, we are entitled to be happy as yes. long as we live, but it doesn't happen by magic. No, it does start with planning, having the right conversations, doing the brain dump, yeah. considering your options. Yes. And back and reconsidering your options sometimes. Right, right. You know, there's, there's, uh, it's okay to change your mind. Absolutely. You don't have to tell everyone. This is another important element. I would love to interject this. As you're going through this, what I call growth process, growth towards your new future, right? Taking a footstep towards your new future. Even though you're having conversations with different individuals, you don't have to unveil that with the people that are closest to you all the time, where, you you know, you have to tell them I'm considering A, B, C, or D. Consider them on your own. And as you get closer to those final decisions, perhaps have the conversation. Because something that loved ones always do, everyone's got an agenda. And they will walk you away from what is sometimes most important to you. So I want you to have that option to consider all of your options, but you don't have to be an open book with everyone as you go through those lists, because I'm certain (laughs) they're going to walk away 
they're going to walk you away from what you really want sometimes towards what they want and what serves them the best. So be careful of that. I love that. These are called boundaries. Boundaries. And um, we know that the people who love us love to tell us what to do because they love us. But we also have to be pretty sure that we are creating boundaries as long as we are not being destructive in other ways. You know, it's one thing to say, I'm going to live in my house forever, but that has that, that you probably hear this all the time. I want to age in place for as long as possible. But most people do not plan to age in place. They just say it. And they don't understand that there's a lot of elephants in the room regarding aging in place. So, so if you want to age in place and you, or you want to downsize and age in place, whatever form it takes, you have to plan for that. That doesn't come uh, overnight. There's, there's different things we have to consider. And so I, I encourage everybody to, to speak with someone like you to say, okay, if I do want to stay here, and what do I not know that you need to tell me? Absolutely. And again, um, depending on the type of assets you have, whether you have mm-hmm. investment portfolio, real estate portfolio, how to deal with that, right? Working with a real estate planner as myself um, and as the downsizing coach, when it comes to the real estate, the personal assets, we can help guide you as to what's going to help uh, create the financial freedom at, at you know, sh- provide assets and really um, share assets with loved ones, creating a legacy. That's critically important how that is achieved and the approach that you take to achieve that legacy. Um, so there are measurable steps or actionable steps that we can guide you on to create that. I had one more question for you in regards to um, talk to us about caregiver approach, right? Dealing with responsibilities between younger and older caregivers mm-hmm. as we bring them to help us and guide us uh, with those loved ones that we bring them in to help with. So we, we um, one of the things that we are not is caregivers should not be glopped into one group. So we family members as caregivers have different needs. Some of us are older caregivers. Right. Some of us are younger caregivers. And, and so it's all about what we've mentioned before, the time it takes to make sure that we're constantly taking care of our own needs as we care for others. So right. there's a big difference between being a younger caregiver. Some of these, some of these care family members are caring for others they're in school how in the world are they supposed to do that caring for parents caring for grandparents then we have the older caregivers like myself who are caring for people who are 90 100 and really close to my own uh, stability in life planning for housing planning for money planning for legal at the same time simultaneously so we so as we approach family caregiving, we we need to pay very close attention to our unique needs first and come from that point of view. Otherwise, we sabotage our own well-being. So that's a big difference. And when I when I speak, I'm not speaking to 
one big group called family caregivers. We're all, we all have to pay attention to our unique needs. And I bring that up. What it, what's the difference between being a younger caregiver and an older caregiver? And, and then we talk about all those definitions and how we can go forward on that note. Yes, I, it, it's so true. And uh, in order for us, as they say, on the airplane, <laughs> the oxygen mask yeah. drop, right? You have right. to put the mask on yourself first. Right, right. Mask on the others. So bringing in the right help to guide us and to assist us and not put undertaking more than what we can bite, um, allowing us so that we have the emotional bandwidth, right, to be able to continue forward to support everyone around us. I want to jump into um, your other book, Who Will Take Care of Me When I'm Old? I think that is such a beautiful, not only a beautiful type title, but talk to us a little bit about this. I have to tell you, Anne, I've had some mixed reactions to the title of that book, as you can only imagine, because I've had 90% of the people say thumbs up. I think about it all the time, but there are plenty of people who say, I don't want to think about it. That fear level is pretty high. Then there are other people who say, I have everything in order. I got all my legal documents in order. I got plenty of money in the bank. I know where I'm going to live. And little does that person know that anything can change in a, in a nanosecond. So we never get it all done. And then the last person usually says, well, who are you to tell me I'm going to need care? <laughs> right? I'm, I eat kale. I'm healthy. I exercise every day. And to that person, I say, you're absolutely right. There really is no guarantee that we are going to need somebody to care for us. My mother never needed a day of care in her life. She's a strong 92-year-old Italian woman who one day didn't wake up. But she, that night she had the spaghetti sauce and the pasta on the, on the stove ready to cook us all dinner. So there is no, it, there's no guarantee that we're going to need care. But what we are going to need is a is a an emotional and a physical and a and a social plan. So if we're this. yeah, if we're healthy, great. But what about the rest of our life? So when we say plan for who will take care of me when I'm old, you better believe that the word care has four parts. It's physical intellectual, social, and spiritual. And now you got the right plan to put it all together. It's so true. Being here in Palm Beach, it's incredible. It's so inspiring. It's so inspiring. Wherever I go, we have obviously uh, uh, the broad spectrum of um, residents and their age groups and their um level of social interaction and spiritual interaction. And it's just so wonderful to see the communities that they're engaged with, the support groups that are, you know, whether it's a social club or whether it's a spiritual, you know, group or whether it's pickleball or whether it's financial or whether it's caregivers, right? There are different components to uh, aging and there are different needs that we have at different times and elements. 
And um, I, I love the fact that you're broaching this conversation and hitting the nail on the head by forcing people, stop, take a look at this um, so that they can prepare and to consider the options. And again, to evaluate, reevaluate and figure out what makes the best sense for them. The happiest people I know who are in their 90s, their bodies are falling apart. Their minds and their network of friends, it's the most beautiful thing you ever saw. And they will, they will never live alone. They will never die alone. And they are so happy. And many of them don't have a lot of money, but they have friends. They have a social network. They have people who come in and play Scrabble. I'm going to be playing Scrabble with my 95-year-old neighbor when we get off the call. And I go, we play Scrabble, and he, he beats me every time. He's so fun. Um, this is what it's all about. It's so, so, you know, I, we need to go far beyond just lifting weights and all that. Our social and our spiritual needs are equally important. That's right. Be a hand to a loved one, share, yeah. and, uh, be compassionate in this world, listen, pick up the phone, check in on someone. That is uh, another part of the messaging, right? Be be a resource. Um, I absolutely love this. And I love one of the questions that we were going to discuss is how do you make friends later in life? And if somebody moves to a new community, right? This is a this is a, a, an interesting subject to broach. Sure. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to take it from a interesting point of view. And then I, I mean, there's the obvious ways, right? Take a class, you know, hang out outside more, get out and all that. Well, one of the things I, I want to say about friends is I hear very often from women, especially that when they get sick or they need something, their friends disappear. I'm like, wait, what are you saying? And, and they say, well, I, you know, I need, a, I need help. I need to go to the doctor. I need groceries delivered or something. And I call my friends and they're, they're not available to me. And with that, I say, okay, take a deep breath. And I'm really sorry that's happening. However, we need to evaluate what kind of friend we are to other people. Are we givers? Or are we takers? And if you are a taker, you will lose friends left and right. So the first thing we need to do is do an analysis on the quality of the friend that we are and even give it a test drive. So say to somebody, I'm here for you. And then let somebody call you at two in the morning and you be there for them. Because, because in the end, what I know about having many, many old people in my life is it's the friends who come to their aid and sit by their bedside when they need them the most. It isn't some social worker or some caregiver that they hired. It is people that they developed and they're all out of family and now they're into the friends and the friends are there for them. How do you meet friends? You find the different kinds of activities that are more about um, meeting more than once. Mm -hmm. So these would be classes where you might take a language class or something where you can study with people who are younger than you. Take classes with people who are younger than you. Um, just um, be more social and 
say yes. And um, of course, look online, social media, there are meetups with women and men groups. My husband pay, plays men's senior baseball, where he has a bunch of guys who are who are um, playing baseball, not softball, and these have become their friends. So mm -hmm. do activities where it involves other people. It's pretty much a no brainer. It's what happens after that that's important. Right, right. And I, I and again, senior centers have activities. Go join different yeah. social community centers. Have organizations. Your religious organization yeah. has events. Be a member. Um, and and I love the fact that what what you hit on as well is: Are you a giver or a taker? Be a giver, be a giver now in order to receive, right? Yeah. We have to do a little bit of both um, in order to, to develop those friendships, to have a meaningful conversation, to be a listener, you know, yeah. and as we listen, we learn, we learn I, journeys, we learn you, stories. Absolutely. You know, the loneliest people, according to studies, are the young people, 18 to 25, they, yeah. they are they are in need of connection. So being Italian, you can only imagine my my um, approach to this group is come over for dinner. Yeah. And I have this, this, these people come over for dinner at my house, no going out. And we sit around and we talk and it's quiet. And, and so invite people over to have a meal with you. I, I have an, a movement that I started when I wrote the other book, Who Will Take Care of Me? And that is, let's eat together. Oh. And more and more people are inviting people over for dinner, not potluck. I do everything so that they could get the feeling of what it means to enjoy a meal together. Where else are young people going to get that? And they contact me and they say, hey, we're going to a movie. Do you want to come? Do you want we're going to the beach? Um, I'm going to be in a play. Will you come see my play? You see, it's give, take, give, take all day long, but it starts with giving. I think you and I are, are very much similar in that. My table is always full. I love to cook. I love to entertain. I no longer have the big, big home with the large, you know, my dining table was always filled for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. Christmas, holidays. Um, and I and I love to do that. I do it on a smaller scale now in my country. Okay. But you know what? I absolutely love having friends, neighbors. And again, I think it's important. Where this is important is also where you choose to live, where there are others that are similar, where you can have supportive neighbors. You know, where I live here, you know, we meet downstairs in the pavilion by the pool. We'll do a small cocktail or, you know, we'll do gatherings together, whether it's in my condo or a friend's condo. She she has a ton of girlfriends and, you know, we get friends together from sometimes I'm the youngest. I'm like 52, you know, and then we'll have <laughs> friends that are in their 90s. But it's a beautiful thing. We're doing a movie. We're doing a screening tonight of, of um, 
I think uh, Bocelli, there's a movie mm -hmm. out or something we're doing tonight. As a group, we're getting a group of ladies together, all age groups, and we're going out. So whether you're a catalyst or you decide to join a group, it's wonderful um, to be to create that community, to create those friendships, and uh, to create those relationships that are there to support you. I understand and I know you will too, that there are women who are shy. They're not, <clears throat> excuse me, they're not extroverts. They are not comfortable. They don't feel comfortable. And that's one of those big fears, right? But as we get older, to be social is going to be almost at the top of the list. Yes. And that if there's any fear that anyone has to get over is the fear of talking to strangers. Yeah. And I, I just encourage someone to just say yes when you mean no. But Joy, yes. I would say that applies to not only women, right, but also men, right? There's a lot oh. of men that are in very similar situations and I feel yeah. like they're a bit lonely and, and they're yes used to having conversation and they can yeah. be even more introverted than women sometimes. That's right. So as women, we can invite men to our women's groups and they love it <laughs> because we do that. It is so true. It's so true. And our final question for our episode is going to be, most people want to stay in their home for as long as possible. Is that realistic, Joy? It has a shelf life, Anne. It just has a shelf life. I'm not saying it's it's realistic. It's just that it works until it doesn't. And that's why I mentioned that, that, well, imagine this. If you make that statement, what you're really saying is, okay, I am now the CEO of my house. Yeah. I'm in charge of the staff. I'm in charge of all the decisions. I decide what happens. But what happens is, how do we maintain the quality of our decision making? What if the house is falling apart? What if forgetfulness sets in? What if the scammer learns about you being alone and wants to, uh, you know, just help himself online or otherwise, and so many other problems of living alone and aging in place. Yeah. So if you're going to age in place, um, it has it has some planning to do it's not impossible a lot of it has to do with being alone in the house so you're going to share housing that have that has serious problems too because people come and go we're going to end up managing every single aspect of being the ceo of your castle so mm -hmm. i outline all of this in my book and i and i i just um, keep trying to keep people uh, realistic, make a plan. Yes. You could do it. Just make a plan to age in place and you're good to go, right? You're good to go and, and, and be prepared for when it's not going to be, you know, the best decision any longer for you. So you can plan for it. There's a plan mm -hmm. B, A, B, C, right in this transition process. Um, and yes, there is a shelf life <laughs> to living within your own home until it no longer serves your needs and your health and your safety, right? And your sanity. And your sanity. Isolation. Absolutely. Isolation, loneliness, you have to manage that too. 
Absolutely. There's many, many layers to this onion, but it's been a wonderful hour. Joy to have you here. Uh, Joy can be found online. Is there a website that you can, um, I, I see here, elderindustry.com. That's it. We'll have all of that listed at the end of our show notes and uh, at the uh, bottom there for you to click over and connect with Joy. We'll also have resources for you to our site if we can answer or be of service to you, uh, regardless of where you are nationwide. Um, thank you again for an informative hour. We look forward to staying in touch with you and with our listeners. Uh, whatever choice you make, it's never too late. Um, we just encourage you, and the purpose that we're here is to encourage you to take measurable action steps every day towards the future that you want to see happen for you to live your very best life. Wishing you all a wonderful, wonderful week. And thank you, Joy, for being here with us. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Ann Nori, the Downsizing Coach, and tuning into Downsizing Your Home and Life radio show. It would mean the world to us if you subscribe to our show so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Please share our show with friends who may also be considering the downsizing journey and leave us a rating and review so that we know how well we're doing. For more resources, visit thedownsizingcoach.com. Wishing you great success in planning your downsizing journey and taking the steps to living your best life. We look forward to greeting you during our next show.